Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I don't, I, I swear, I sat here, I sat here and tested and tested and tested this thing yesterday uh, with, with, I mean, I did everything that I possibly could to make sure that we were streaming correctly. Um, and uh, now we're, we're still dropping frames here. Like I'm looking at the health check and it says we're dropping 20% of frames. That's probably enough for us to still have a show and yeah. keep people in, but there will be more buffering. I haven't had any buffering so far. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, apparently, we're, we've been streaming to Twitch, two different Twitters, Odyssey, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, and apparently, there's something going on. Uh, there's something going on when we try to restream to everything else. That's what's going on. Uh, we know that now. We have figured out uh, finally after all the testing I did yesterday, but I never tested restream. I just tested yeah. to YouTube only, and I was like, "Look, we're not dropping any frames at 7600 bit rate." So, I don't know. But anyways, I uh, I'm really really sorry. The show. Th this is a show about not buffering. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. It has our frame. Uh, our drop frames has gone down to about 13 percent now. And yeah, still no buffering. So okay. I think I think we should be in the clear. Okay. Well, you know, if we uh, if we do drop too many frames, I'm recording just in case, mm -hmm. um, and we will we will put it up again. But I don't want it to be that way. Before we get too far into the show, let's start off with sponsors. Of course, we have TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break Cycle, where you can get this great. Uh, this is this is actually a custom Bitcoin logo shirt, and it's a sewn-in logo. It's like high quality premium stuff. You can get this by using the term BTC at checkout for a 10% discount at toplobster.com. Or you can join the Patreon, subscribe star, or become a member of uh, of our YouTube channel under all of my videos by hitting the join link, where you can get a uh, an invite link to the private Discord server and get all of Top Lops's new gear up to two weeks before it goes to the general public at like a 30% discount. No, Clyde, unfortunately, uh, we cannot stream to other platforms tonight because... Um, it, we have some kind of buffering issue, and it's been happening over and over and over again. So we're streaming to YouTube specifically tonight. I'm thinking it might be the Odyssey that is hard for us to stream to for some reason. Um, we're still dropping frames, though. Don't get me wrong. It's still happening. Uh, about 20 to 25% of our frames are getting dropped right now. So uh, we're down to actually 8.6% drop frames. So we're doing a lot better. When we started restream, we were dropping to uh, sixty. We were dropping sixty percent of our frames, fifty to sixty percent of our frames. So it was buffering really bad. Now we're not having that problem. Uh, of course, executive producer of the show, AnthemPlanning.com, for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. Uh, their services they help organizations solve unsolvable problems in the technology and HR arenas. They serve their clients in New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, Illinois, Ohio, Indiana, and their client list continues to grow. Um, their team leads by example. Anthem consultants have led their own organizations through demanding periods of change. Now they help clients succeed in the face of technology and personal challenges. Amazing, amazing people. Please check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. Like I said, it's uh, definitely, definitely worth it. Uh, and, of course, new executive producers of the show, Colwell Creative Content, specializing in things like SEO to help your site rank well on Google or other search engines, website design, optimized website content writing, optimized blog posts, copywriting, social media content management, 
newsletter writing and design, ghostwriting and editing services, resume and cover letter writing, and they work with all kinds of clients, including real estate agents, uh, addiction treatment, mental health, healthcare, banking and prob- uh, banking and payment processing, not the Federal Reserve. I like to point that out. They didn't tell me to, but I like to do that. Uh, and they've worked with just about every industry, even libertarian political candidates and influencers such as Larry Sharp. They've been in business since 2012 and worked with hundreds of clients. Uh, check them out today. Let them help you get in front of your target audience. Good stuff. Amazing people. Good friends of mine. I'm very excited. Uh, hopefully this stream is working for you guys. If it's not, please let me know. But I'm not getting... I'm now only dropping 5% of our frames. Yeah. And it, so, it has yeah. something to do with it. It looks to be working. I have... I just have it pulled up on my phone. No yeah. buffering. Okay. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's introduce my wonderful and well-haired co-host, Mr. Ryan Kurt. Sir, how are you doing tonight? I am doing pretty well. On the tired side, uh, me and the wife are binging anime until midnight last night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Cool. <laughs> Fucking nerd. <laughs> Where, was anyone under the impression that I'm not a nerd? Anyway. No, I don't think anybody was. And yeah. I'm, I'm happy to have you as my nerdy sidekick, dude. It makes yeah. me really it makes me really proud to yeah. be here. Real quick, can I get some yep cocks in the chat? Yep cocks in the chat, please. Uh, make sure that you drop. It looks like we're doing good. Everyone in the everyone in the chat says we're doing good. We just are unfortunately not. Uh, we are not streaming to Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, or uh, what's the other one? Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah. Yep. Unfortunately, well, guys, we do have a great show for you tonight. Uh, I am very excited for this one. My my good friend and the chair of the Libertarian Party of Iowa, which is where I live. Many of you know that. As so, it's also where Ryan Kurt lives. Uh, she's also a Russian expat uh, and an awesome badass lawyer. Her name is Jules. Jules, how you doing? I almost want. I almost was going to call you by your old last name. Hutzler. I know. I was gonna. I I had to stop myself because I was gonna call. I was gonna say your your. I was that your maiden name. Uh, it was. It my was, last right. name was Cutler. Right okay, now. now it's Cutler. <laughs> yeah, now, I know. I know. I know. I get it. But I was used to the other. I, so I'm happy. I'm happy for you. Years. You're recently married. And so congratulations, Ryan's recently married too. I'm I'm the only mm-hmm. unmarried person here. Unfortunately, so Jules, thank you so much for uh, for coming and and being here. You you're on camera now. And uh, why don't you tell us, you're a libertarian, you're the chair of a state libertarian affiliate, like I said, badass lawyer. Um, What made you want to be a libertarian? I love this story. So for the first time in my life, I was able to vote in 2008. Because of my immigration status, I became a citizen in 2008 um, at the end of August. And so I proudly voted for President Obama. I did quite a bit of research, and I believe that President Obama would be the right change that we needed. And I voted for him primarily for three reasons. The first one was he promised to end the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. The second one, he promised to shut down Guantanamo Bay. And the third one, he promised to abolish Patriot Act. Those were the three important things Oh, to me. boy, were we yeah. duped. Uh, <laughs> he, yeah. he did all those things, right? <laughs> right, guys? <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine that. A politician didn't carry out his promise. Um, so four years go by, and I'm like, oh, my God, who am I going to vote for? Because I really didn't like Mitt Romney, and I was not going to vote for a person who carried out zero out of the three promises that were important to me. Sure. 
And I was watching John Stewart's show and Gary Johnson came on. And that's how I learned about Libertarian Party. I went and took an online quiz and turned out to be 97% Libertarian. Was so, it the world's smallest Libertarian quiz? No, it was some, <laughs> I, I don't even remember, but it was a lot of questions. And so I proudly casted my vote for Gary Johnson in 2012 and it's been a libertarian ever since. In 2012. And I, I need to clarify for people that don't understand. Gary Johnson in 2012 was much different than Gary Johnson in 2016. Um, I famously have run for chair of the Libertarian Party twice. Uh, I'm now the vice chair of the Libertarian Party. And I didn't vote for Gary Johnson in 2016. The reason I didn't vote for Gary Johnson in 2016 is because of Bill Weld. Um, that, that really soured me on the, the whole ticket because Bill Weld was a CFR guy. He's kind of a war hawk. He's not good on guns. He's really bad on a lot of things that are important to me. And as a libertarian, I have the right to not vote for people. You know what I mean? So, um, 2012, uh, Gary Johnson, I thought was much hard, more hardcore. Uh, he also had judge Jim Gray as his vice president who used to be really great too. He kind of had a weird turn that I wasn't a super big fan of, but I'm a good, I'm friends with judge Jim Gray. I like judge Jim Gray. I've. You know, I'm from California. He's from California. We've talked a lot. We don't agree on much when it comes to stuff like jury nullification, which I'm a big fan of. And he said that you should be arrested for trying to pass out pamphlets about jury nullification <laughs> in front of the courthouse. So we, we've had our, our steamed uh, fights, but um, I'm, you know, I like Gary. As a per he's a nice guy, but he's not. I'm, I wasn't a big fan of the 2016 campaign. I did. I kind of helped out, but I didn't vote. So I don't know. What, were you, what about you, man? Were you, uh, were you into the... Gary Johnson campaign? Not really. It was... I, don't, I, I was far more conservative yeah. at the time, so that was, that was kind of when I started to actually get into politics, and so Ben Shapiro was kind of my window into politics, and I, I actually ended up doing a little bit of work, like, help for the Rubio campaign during 2016. My big thing was that was he had an... He actually outlined an actionable plan for the border. Sure. And so, for, that's what I thought was important at the time. Because well, I, I want to be, be clear, uh, mm -hmm. as someone from Iowa, you do mean the Canadian border, right? <laughs> I mean, we we should we should keep all Canadians keep out, the except snow for, Mexicans away. Is that what you're? Yeah. <laughs> except for, uh, yeah, there, there's a, there's a couple of them that are all right, but I, hey, yeah, like, I was a big fan yeah. of like uh, uh, I, I like Long. the flatliners. Ryan Long's Canadian, but true, he's he's true. pretty cool. But you're you're basically Canadian if you live in Iowa. You're definitely Canadian if you live in Minnesota, dude. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> I I was disconnected. We have, we have our own we have like our own culture. We have sure. a, we have a little bit of the the politeness, but we we have like a little bit a little bit of that kind of southern ruggedness we like eat way integrated more corn in and ranch dressing here for sure. There's no doubt about it. So Jules, uh you a while back, your wonderful husband was was giving me kind of a rundown on you on you and your Russian story. He said that you had this Russian story that's really unique, and and you got to get her on. We got to get her on some shows to talk about it. And I, he's a nice guy, by the way. I really like your husband. Very very nice guy. Um, and of course, I'm a fan of yours as well. You know, I don't know that we see eye to eye on everything in the world, but probably not. But but I am a fan of yours, and I think you're a great chair, and you, you know you got a good state here that I. I'm an expat too, right? I, I fled the, 
the tyranny of California in 2020 and never look back. And the um, Democratic People's Republic exactly, of California. Yeah. I fled. Uh, I fled with one suitcase and uh, and a backpack, and I never looked back. And this is what I built since I moved here. It's, it's been really nice, and um, I enjoy it. But I am getting ready to go into my third winter now, and that's very hard on um, a man from the sunny state of California. There's no doubt about it. But but uh, how did you end up in the states? I mean, what was what was what's this unique story that we've been told? Can you can you give us the rundown? Well, first of all, your source is very biased. I imagine right? so. Right. Yeah, right. my my husband is a wonderful man, but. He's very biased, so and he thinks everything about me is unique, which is very sweet. Um, I immigrated with my family. I was 16 in 92, and we came here and asked for asylum. Um, the reason we asked for it is because we had um, a family member after family member after family member killed in really weird, freaky accidents. And when the attacks moved on to our family, there was an attempt to kidnap my mother in the middle of the day at a train station. Um, I was almost killed. I was hit by a motorcycle and hid for hours. Um, there was an attempt to burn down our apartment. Um, that's when my mother packed up two suitcases and my brother, my grandmother and myself and we came here. Never uh, looked back. Never. No, I have never been back. Wow. Um, no do I intend to. Sure. I have this paralyzing fear that if once I get to Russia it will close down and I'll not be able to leave. Sure. Um so but obviously there is a lot more to the story. Like my cousin's death certificate says that the cause of death is a Closed fracture of a hip. Um, Yikes! Really? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, and I I have documents to prove that. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So when we came to the immigration to, for our political asylum interview, they had to roll down roll out our card uh, with the documents. So. Yeah. Wow, that is uh, that is. Very wild. And, you know, it's, it's crazy to me. So, like, you know how people, you know, being from the United States, mm -hmm. and as much as I rag on this shit, I went through the Iraq War. I served in the Iraq War. This, yeah. uh, two, right? Um, uh, Afghanistan, 9-11, COVID, all this shit. We've sat here in this country watching this shit happen, watching our political leaders lie to us, watching public health officials lie to us, watching... Everybody who's considered an official or a specialist or a professional lie to us in some capacity. Yeah. Right? And, you know, normies in the United States are constantly like, oh, there's no way that could ever happen here in the United States. When they think of th stories like Russia or like China or North Korea, right? Where they're fake stocking shelves with foods for reporters to see, right? <laughs> that could never happen in the United States. It's like it's happening all over the world. What makes you think here in the, you know, the country that you think is the most advanced technologically and the most advanced when it comes to, to education and all this stuff and healthcare and, and our government, our democracy and this and that and this and that. How do you think that these people don't lie to you and don't do stuff like fill out a death certificate with cause of death, a closed hip fracture, right? I mean, of course it happens here. And it's crazy to think that it doesn't happen here. So it's, you know, Russia, we, we you know, people here in the United States were like, oh, yeah, well, that could totally happen in Russia. We could see that happening in Russia, right? 
but it, it'll never happen here. Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over. And it does. You know what I mean? It it's does. Just a, on, a, on a much much smaller scale, yeah, it I don't happens. Think it's a smaller scale. I think it's a quieter mm-hmm. scale. I think the scale's less creaky. But I disagree. Um... The scale is getting louder and louder. Sure. Mm-hmm. Let's start with COVID-19. The, the most terrifying flashback that I had was when our governor, who is considered the most um, laid back as far as shutting down the, the, the state of Iowa for COVID-19. One of COVID, I don't right. know if she was the most, but she was, she was one pretty of up them, there. Yeah. Right. yeah. So... She is the one who issued the order that gatherings of 10 or more people were illegal. And and for Easter, people couldn't get together. And if you were, your neighbors were encouraged to report you. That's a flashback to Soviet Union. There's really no difference. Right. Well, it was was a flashback to Nazi Germany, too. I mean, it's the same. It's the playbook of tyrants. Anywhere you look, it's the playbook of tyrants. Tyrants are... Hey, you need to go out there and tell on these people if they're doing things they're not supposed to. It's the it's the brown shirts. It's the Nazi youth. It's the mm-hmm. communists. It's Stalin's Russia. I mean, it, it is literally that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, that's prevalent in North Korea. Oh, big time. Yeah, big time, dude. Let's focus on Iowa. This is Kim mm-hmm. Reynolds, Iowa. Right. Kim Reynolds mm-hmm. had the ability to decide who is essential and who is not. She shut down the churches. Yes, not for as long as other states, but they were shut down for about two months. We couldn't go to church. We couldn't gather. We were ordered to stay six feet apart. How is that different than Soviet Union? Sure. I will say this, though. Um, A lot of states in this country were putting people in jail for Mm -hmm. going against those orders. Iowa was not putting people in jail for it. Yeah, yeah, and I appreciate it. And that is that is one thing that I will say that I appreciate it because I, I, you know, I've told this story a million times on the show, but my flight left March. I want to say it was March fifteenth or sixteenth, twenty twenty, at eleven fifty five p.m. out of San Francisco Airport to come to Des Moines. At midnight, they started the twenty four hour lockdown, saying you will be arrested. That's in March. Before we even knew what was going on, California was ready to arrest you for being outside after midnight on March 15th. Because that, that was around the time that the 14 days to... This was the very the beginning. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. this was... I, I'm telling you, I went to the Omaha... Or I went to the Lincoln, uh, Nebraska State Convention mm-hmm. like probably a month prior to this. And they were just flying people from that cruise ship into Nebraska, the Air Force Base in Nebraska. We didn't even have any confirmed cases here yet. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure the first confirmed case in the United States was March 1st because I left a job on February 29th, 2020. So we're we're talking, this is March 15th. Mm -hmm. We're two weeks into having our first case here. And California is like, we're going to lock you in jail if you're outside. If you're non-essential, that I flew. Look, I met I met Julia here, February twenty eighth of twenty twenty. It was mm-hmm. the Iowa State Convention. Mm-hmm. We went downtown to the hotel. I met her at the bar at the at the after party at the bar, and then we ended up hanging out with her and our friend Bethany and and Joseph Howe uh, until about four o'clock in the morning when my flight left. Literally, I I hopped in an Uber. Took off, flew. She met me in Illinois two weeks later. So this was my birthday mm-hmm. weekend, March 13th. I know that for a fact. She met me in Peoria. I flew back home from Peoria, Illinois. And I was like, oh, I got a headache. I don't feel very good. I told my job, which at the time was nursing homes. I worked in nursing homes. And uh, I said, I don't, I don't feel great, but I don't think I have COVID. They're like, you can't come back to work till you have a test. Stay home. And I, nobody would test me in California. Mm-hmm. At the time, they were mm-hmm. doing like 500 tests a day in the whole state. And you basically had to be dying, right? And so no one would test me. So I called them. I was like, I don't know what to do. I can't get a test. No one will give me a test. I, I have a headache and a sinus. It feels like sinus pressure. I don't know what else to tell you. Well, you can't come back to work to get a test. No one would test me. So I called Julia. Hey, look, we got two weeks of this thing. I'm going to fly back to Iowa and hang out with you for two weeks. All right. So I packed a suitcase and a backpack and hopped on a plane at 1155 when they started the 24-hour lockdown. And I have not left since. Nice. That's literally the story. That's literally how I ended up in Iowa. And man, I'm glad I did because mm-hmm. I didn't go to jail because I didn't wear a mask. But what you are doing right now is you're saying <coughs> Iowa is lesser of two evils. Therefore, right. it's okay. It's right. Not. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Right. No. The governor should not have had the power to shut us down. She should not have had, or any governor in the United States, should not have had the power to decide who is essential and who is not. Mm-hmm. Look at the devastation that it caused. Right. All the main streets and small towns are essentially shut down. I do a lot of business work. A very large portion of the businesses that I represented for years were shut down. That's not freedom. Right. I agree. And, I, and, and unfortunately, I think the only state that didn't shut down at all was well, South Dakota. One of the Dakotas, yeah. yeah. I think South it was Dakota, Dakota was Governor Christy Nome. Yeah. Well, Florida wasn't that far. Florida, oh, Florida shut fully the, down entirely. Yeah, for, for a very short amount of time, then they realized, oh, this that is terrible. It wasn't that short, dude. And that's the thing. I, this, this is what... Wasn't it like... No. It was like three weeks or something, wasn't it? Was it was longer than that, dude. So, so I remember they had like fucking checkpoints, dude, at their state borders. And you had to like go through a checkpoint to get into Florida, dude. Like, it was bad. Like, they were one of the worst. They shut down all the businesses. They shut down Disney. Disney World was shut down for like over a year. Okay? Oh and, and everyone... Listen... I think DeSantis has done some really good things as a Republican mm-hmm. governor of Florida. Okay, I really do. I think him standing up to the media, him standing up to the, the Democrats and CRT and all this shit, I think it's been great. I think that, that publicity stunt he did, sending people up yeah. to Martha's Vineyard, was fucking hilarious. I laughed about it. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Those, those rich white liberals up there were like, oh, no, we got to be around immigrants. It was, it was good. It was taste your own medicine, right? Yeah. But, like, like he, everyone just forgot that he shut down Florida, dude. Like entirely shut down Florida for 
a month, more than a month, two months. I don't know. It was a long time. Then they still had the mask mandate for a long time. And then he was pushing for the, you know, he was simping for the vaccine lobby. He didn't force it. And he fought the, the, the mandate like Kim Reynolds did. Or not, yeah, Kim Reynolds, right? They fought the mandate. Mm-hmm. They did. But she went out there and said, well, everyone should get it, you know? And Kim Reynolds did the same thing. Everyone should get it. Instead of being the governor that was like, hey, maybe you guys should really get some informed consent on this thing because, well, we don't really know what's going on with it yet. Which is what I would have chosen as as a governor, you know? Mm-hmm. So, was he good? Yeah, he was good. Was he perfect? Absolutely fucking not. And people act like he was. He wasn't on COVID. But anyways. Uh, so, so yeah. So, uh, you, you've worked on some litigation against the state here, right? You worked on the ballot access stuff and all that? I did. Yeah. Uh, I was one of the two attorneys who worked on the... Um, moving the deadline back to August, August the filing deadline. Yeah. yeah, I get a lot of shit because I, I was filing to run. I wanted right. to run in District 44, and all my haters love this. So I, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to run for District 44 state rep. There's no Republican running. It's only a Democrat. This will be perfect for me, right? So I got my paperwork. I started getting signatures. I was like, yeah, dude, this is going to be good. You know, I started raising – I raised a little bit, of, a very small amount of money because mm. I – all of a sudden, our, our old landlord came to us like, hey, uh, I'm going to need my house back. I'm, getting through, I'm going through a divorce. And I'm like, well, shit, I don't even know if I'm going to stay in the district now. You know? we, and he's like, you know, you guys can have till like September or whatever. And I'm like, it's not, it's not enough time, dude. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and then we found this house and could move in August. And it's like, that's, that's the deadline to file. That's the deadline mm-hmm. to get the... So, so I ended all my campaign stuff. You know, I only raised... I raised less than the reporting amount. Okay, so yeah. and I and I've told I, people I contributed about five percent of his total campaign <laughs> donations. And I told so. everybody, I told everybody, listen, I have this money. It's still in an account right now, and I am going to run for public office. I'm going to do it, not because, not because I think that politics is good or that I'm a fan of democracy. Everyone knows I hate all that shit. But if I could take a spot from a Democrat, I'm going to do it. <laughs> You, you know? should have ran against Clara Celsi. See, that's what I want. That's what she, I want to do now. I was actively looking for somebody to run yeah. against her because I, I wouldn't have had time. I wouldn't have had the time to file. I wouldn't have. I moved here we August. Would have found time. I moved here <laughs> August thirteenth, and we did. I mean, we found out we were going to move here like two weeks prior. So it was like it, it wasn't like a ton of time to go out and get. I mean, it was only fifty signatures or something. I mean, it, it could yeah. have technically been done. But I didn't have the, the district requirements either. You have to live in the district for a long enough time. So it was like there was just no, there was no way. There was no way it was going to happen. And so now my haters are like, oh, he couldn't even run his campaign. He couldn't even get 55 signatures. And I'm like, dude, it wouldn't have been that hard, man. I could have went and stood out for the high V for an hour and got it done. No doubt. Yeah. But I, I, didn't, I literally couldn't do it because we moved. Mm-hmm. And, and now we are in a place where I know we're going to be for a minimum of two years. And... Uh, there's a lady that's in a bullseye here that I really dislike very much. So I may run against her, or I might run for Congress. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, how about school board, city council yeah. next year? Yeah, maybe. We need, yeah. we need some shakedown. Yeah. Yeah. What's the you should, for, for something like that, you should get in touch with me because I, w- I want to run for something. I just don't know what I want to run for. Yet. I will make sure I get in touch with you. And he lives right. he lives over in uh in the south side. South side, so of Des Moines. South side of yeah. Des Moines? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he could probably do some damage over there. So let's let's talk more about <laughs> Russia. So you, you took off your next pat your family left Russia because of mysterious deaths. Um right. in ninety two. So after right. the fall of the Soviet Union. 
Right. The, the, the whole killing started in 87. Right. So it, it, it was a long overdue process. And what happened was my aunt was, my aunt had two accidents. One of them almost killed her. She survived that. Then my cousin was killed. And um, a year later, she was killed. Um, and when my mom's friend found out who already immigrated to the United States about all of this, um, she called her and said, I will make sure that you are able to come here, but what you need to do is you need to collect all of the documents supporting that, you know, there was an accident, there was a mysterious death, uh, there was no investigation, and so on and so forth. And so my mother started collecting and requesting all the letters and all of the documents because it was all over the former Soviet Union. Like my cousin died in Ukraine, my aunt died in Uzbekistan. And when she started requesting all of those documents, that's when all the weird stuff started happening to us. Like you could hear the phone ring in our apartment so if you called my apartment you would hear the regular ringtone and then you would hear a click and you would hear the phone ring in the apartment and we were regular people we were not involved in politics my mother was a teacher for a long time and then she was a stay-at-home mom with my brother like we were not anybody famous we weren't creating any noise um, we suspect that my cousin was involved in politics and believed in this whole freedom of speech that Gorbachev invented. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Gorbachev was the arbiter. He was the arbiter yeah. of free speech. Right. Yeah, no one ever thought of it before him. Uh, in Soviet Union, they didn't. Um, <laughs> sure, fair. So... Uh, so we think that that's what happened, but we don't know for sure. It could be we are a multinational, multi-religious family. It could be that because Russians are very um, nationalistic. Right. And we don't know why we were being attacked. All we know is that we were. All we know that we couldn't go back because we would die if we were back. And so here we are. That's just fucking insane, dude. That's an insane, that's crazy to think about, hmm. but also something that I think about frequently. Cause it's like, you know, I just keep waiting. I, I keep thinking if I keep making the waves that I've made over, I, I'm small mm -hmm. potatoes now, but if you get up to yeah. like a size, like if you were to get like half the size of Joe Rogan mm -hmm. talking about the ideas that we talk about, I, Maj, you were, you, you didn't come to the national convention. No, no. My son was graduating. Oh, high right, school. right, right. Priorities. Right. So, like, I, I know Dave Smith watches this show, so I'm like yeah, terrified Dave, yeah. to put out the notion yeah. that, you know, I, I think if it's Biden Trump, there is a window for him to just make some absolute. Well, waves. no, here's the thing. So, if you get and like half the size I of I don't Joe know Rogan, if that's. Okay. That would be potentially dangerous. And to you're him. giving these ideas out. These are the mm -hmm. ideas you're giving out, okay? Maj said it. He said, there, some of you are going to have bags delivered, right? Money. And then you're, you know, you're, you're just going to drop off. Some of you are going to get hurt or killed. He said that. <laughs> and that's terrifying. 
It's terrifying. I ran from that. Right. Mm -hmm. And now we are, like, where I am finding myself, we are back to the one-party one system because there is no difference between Democrats and Republicans. Right. Not substantial. I could, not, I could disagree yeah. with you, but that's okay. Yeah, that's there's, okay. there's small differences. You know, Republicans don't want to castrate your children. <laughs> like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but essential differences yeah Everybody, essential no one is bothering to balance the budget or yep i will no, say not even pretending. or end the wars or right. no one is reduce the scope or power of government right. all of that right. yeah I will, all the I will important say, and i've said this several times uh in in on the show too um all the worst shit has bipartisan support. All right. of it. None of the culture right. war shit does because that's what they want us to fight mm -hmm. over is the culture war shit. But but the the most important shit like the the Federal Reserve, the fucking constant bailouts, the the foreign aid. You know, it just the only difference on foreign aid between Republicans and Democrats on are on where that money goes. Yeah, right? Israel or Ukraine. Israel or Ukraine. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so all the libertarians were outraged by the student loan uh, bail allowed and i agree why was there not the same level of outrage of a 30 billion being sent to ukraine right. why is there not the same level of outrage about the ppp loans the same level of outrage about bailouts of auto industry oil industry whatever whatever it is well, most of the people in Congress and in the Senate have stocks in the oil industry. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, right. Yeah. yeah. But that's the problem. It is a one-party system. We have these sexy issues that everybody is going to talk, and it's emotional. You know, it, it, mm -hmm. it goes straight to your religious views, or it goes straight to your parenting, right? Those are the issues that you should be laughed private to begin right. with they, the government should not be involved in it to begin with instead these two parties are dividing the entire country on the issues that they have no business to be involved in but the actual issues that they should have been resolving there is no difference sure and and, yeah. and i mean you're right it, it, at the end of the day i think you're absolutely right and uh you know i think I'd rather live in a Republican state than a Democratic state. For sure. I will say that because I, my choices are legal weed, <laughs> right? Or, you know, school choice or... Uh, less infringement of the Second Amendment. Less infringement of the Second Amendment. Well, not... I mean, we, we literally have constitutional carry in yeah. Iowa now, right? And, Full on, and now they're trying to pass a new bill that would totally nullify all federal gun laws here entirely that that would be incredible and then the things they're trying to pass with school choice are phenomenal right i don't have those options in california but i can't mm -hmm. smoke pot all the pot i want free legal taxed what are you talking about though california has a strong charter school program oh they're one of the very worst school choice states in the country one of the very worst it's, you have to tell you so so yeah they're that's the the charter schools i mean is that really school choice at the end of the day, when here in yeah. Iowa, here's the thing. Yeah, I was I was one of the number one school choice states in the country. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you can simply pull your kid out of school and homeschool your kid and mm -hmm. you don't have to tell the government. There's no documents you have to fill out. 
Nothing. You just homeschool your kids and boom, you're done. You're talking to the wrong person about that. <laughs> so when my older son was in sixth grade, when he first started middle school, sure. we had so many problems with public school administration that my Jewish ex-husband looked at me and said, I think it's time for Catholic school. Okay. And, and that's how my boys ended up in Catholic school. Sure. Yeah. Um, you're talking to the wrong person yeah. about the school choice in the state of Iowa. And part of the reason was that my son wanted to learn more math, yeah. and the educators did not want to do that. They wanted to hold him back because it will ruin their numbers. So I said, fine, I'm going to pull him out and homeschool him on math. At the end of the year, you have to test him and place him where he wants. Um, a month later, I get a phone call saying, well, you need to ha to homeschool at least on two classes. Okay, he is a swimmer. He swims two hours, three hours a day for a competitive team. Sure. So physical education is going to be just fine. Um, what they did is they had a meeting and created a policy that if you have a part-time homeschooler, that child has to be removed at 1 p.m., physically removed from school. He couldn't sit in the library and study. He had to be removed from premises. And so my child, without a crossing guard at the age of 12, I think sixth grade was, was crossing a really busy street to get home. What year was this, though, again? He was 12. He is almost 21. 2013. It's got to be. I mean, it's changed now. There's no doubt. Because we, when we were, we were going to homeschool my oldest daughter, it was essentially, okay, cool, just let us know when you need a diploma. I mean, that was it. That was literally mm -hmm. it. That was the whole thing. You know? I might be related to a person that was key in that because my uncle was a superintendent and he, my cousin, wanted to open and enroll at a different school. He wanted, he wanted his son to play at a good basketball program in Iowa. And so... Yeah, I, I'm telling you, he, that's, what, yeah, that's he, how it was for He us. might like, have literally went in and influenced the rules to make it more open just so his son could play basketball somewhere else well and i I'm, I'm sure i mean we we really looked into it and you know when i was mm -hmm. looking because i looked at other states too like how's the school and because we were looking because we have two adopted kids that have to mm -hmm. be in public because of the other states dhs mm -hmm. required to go to a public school or something along those lines uh, we had them in a community choice charter school in urbandale which was good it was a good school um you know, they, we, they involved us in everything all the time. So we knew what they were being taught, where they were going. It was really good. I enjoyed that for a public school alternative. Um, but I looked at every school district in Iowa because I knew we had to stay in Iowa because of Julia's daughters. And uh, I knew we had to put them in school. The, first of all, they had not been to any kind of school ever at six and, six and nine years old. They had never been to school, both of them. No kind of school. So they had, you know, my nine-year-old, especially, who's 11 now, had a lot of catching up to do. He didn't know how to write at, 11, at nine years old. Now he's a stellar student, doing really well. So we had to get extra help. We couldn't do it. There was no way. Um, and so uh, we looked into all the school 
like the school um, uh, county school systems in Iowa and decided to go to Urbandale because Urbandale had the community choice school. It was one of the, so that's why we moved to Urbandale to begin with. And when my oldest daughter, who was 15 and hadn't been to school since she was like 10 or 11, um, you know, we're like, well, let's homeschool her and try to help her. You know, she's a little bit older. She's going to get things. We can sit down with her. And, and they were like, yeah, all you got to do is let us know when you're ready for a diploma. <laughs> that was it. That was it. And we called and asked. She did end up going to a continuation school um, that let her go at her own pace. And she got to do things like 3D printing. And they had a D&D class and played D&D. And they did all this really cool stuff. Um, and she, in two years, less, less than two years, a year and, year and seven months, finished her high school diploma and got her high school diploma. Graduated. And Iowa gave us those options. And so that was a big deal to me. That was the, the you know, mm -hmm. with as many kids as we have, we want to have the option to do, to educate our children the way we want our children to be educated. And Iowa gives us that opportunity. California would never, ever give us that opportunity. There's absolutely no way they would say, well, you can go to your charter school, but we're going to, we have to approve but it if you're going to have They to have, you know what I mean? 200 open slots and 20,000 people trying to get in. That too. And it's a lottery. Yeah. And then California doesn't let you open more charter schools. They wouldn't let them expand. It's like so much red tape to be able to open a charter school. Well, and then the, and then the charter schools are still, they're still, I mean, you're still under the school board, right? The school board still has stuff to do with the charter schools in California. It's not. And we talked about this uh, in, in the North Carolina when Eric, who I ran against, Eric Rodsep, he was rallying against charter schools in his area. And I had a lot of problems with his policy, but I looked more into that one after he explained it to me. And I was like, oh, it's the same shit as California. These charter schools are not really, they're not really private. You know yeah. what I mean? The, it's not by the people. It's publicly funded and it's public mm -hmm. education and they're doing the same curriculum that you get in public school. They just have a, like a cool field trip every once in a while. You know what I mean? That's literally what the charter schools are like in the Bay Area, California. That's, that's it. They're the same things as a public school. And you don't have any other options unless you have a lot of money. You gotta, if you have a lot of money, yeah. send your kids to all kinds of different private schools out there, right? And yeah. Catholic schools and stuff like that. But you got to have a lot of money. <laughs> Way more money than we would have. I don't know. You got something to say? I mean, I went to like a private elementary and middle school and like the, at least the condition at the time for Iowa was if you want to receive any sort of funding from the state, you have to follow these, this, 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 and this. Otherwise you're not going to receive any funding. The school I went to was like, all right, we're not getting any funding because you know, right. we're going to, we're going to do it our way. And right. I'm guessing that that way was way better. I don't know. I just know that I can't smoke weed here. I'm not allowed to smoke weed. You can go to jail in Iowa for simple possession of weed, which I think is a fucking travesty. They it's terrible. should less and less. Um, and the prosecutors look la for less and less time for the, for the possession. True. I deal with that every day. Uh, there are times when cops don't even arrest you for weed. Okay. Um, there are times when they do, and you, you have to deal with that, but um, usually it's a fine and you're done. Okay, I see. I, I just remember um, when I first moved here, there was that CBD store downtown. Or it wasn't even a CBD yeah. store. Yep, that but, was a but she had CBD for sale. It was like a head shop or something, and she had CBD for sale. And they raided her 
and arrested her for having CBD in her store. And I couldn't believe that. I was like, dude, CBD? Like, you could walk into a store that looks like a 7-Eleven filled with weed in California and buy as much weed as you want on the spot and walk out in front of the cops and drive home and smoke all the weed you want. And no one gives a shit. But you, if you got a gun on you, you're fucked. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. straight up, you're screwed. So, I don't know. I, what do you, I know that I know some of the Republicans in the state house here. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked to Jeff Shipley on a semi regular basis and some others too. And I've talked to Senator Carlin and these guys. And a lot of them are pro legalization of weed. But what they're not pro is a 37% excise tax on the marijuana industry, which is what every bill that comes into the house has in it right off the bat a 37% excise tax on the whole industry in the state and we're going to fucking I mean it's only going to allow like three big corporations to start marijuana businesses in Iowa and the, all the small people are going to get crushed they're not going to be able to afford the taxes and the startup money and all this stuff and so to them it's worth it it's more worth it to have cops and prosecutors that don't prosecute or arrest those things yeah. than it is to let people start businesses like that you know I really wish they would talk to criminal defense attorneys sure. about that because quite frankly no the 37 as much as I hate tax 37 percent excise tax is better than a criminal charge sure. because yes you do get arrested that's a court fee mm-hmm. and you pay a minimum fine if you wanted to ex- be expunged from your record then you have to be on probation so the minimum fine is $465 don't quote me on that <laughs> the court costs are about $200 probation fee is $300 you have to do some sort of substance abuse evaluation which is at least $50 for a plant <laughs> for a plant yeah. right yeah. Um, you they will prescribe some sort of treatment yes to this day in the state of Iowa substance abuse evaluators say that you need treatment for smoking shocking um <laughs> You have attorney fees if you qualify for a court appointment fee, appointment attorney, then you still are on the hook for the fees. They may be minimal, no. but it's still at least three four hundred dollars. If you don't qualify for a court appointed attorney, then it's about three thousand dollars to defend you. So 37%, that's tax. That's still a lot cheaper for somebody who smokes pot on a regular basis and constantly puts himself or herself in the position of being arrested. Um, And what I just told you, the minimals, that's for the first offense. For the second offense, it's more. For the third offense, it's more. So... I th- I say start with 37% and then eliminate that, but at least eliminate the criminal penalty. Yeah. Have you ever known the government to eliminate a tax? <laughs> That's just I, never going to happen. I mean, I, Iowa has lowered their state tax. Like, they might be one of the recently. only states to ever do it. They have? When? <laughs> All I I'd know is know that when. my property taxes are going up, even though the sales tax has gone up. And they the, promised like, when they were raising the direct the income tax. tax, I think, went down from like four and a half to like three point seven percent or something like that. I will say at that sometime in the I last was, ten years, or I was appalled because uh, Iowa, relatively, I mean, for a guy coming from California, the taxes here are not bad. Oh yeah, they're not bad. I'm like, oh, this isn't so bad. You know, the state tax is kind of small, and 
sells to you know i'm just like that's not too bad and then i looked at the fucking property tax holy shit it's like okay so we have what is it the fourth is it the fourth or the 11th i can't i get it mixed up there's property and sales tax one of them were the fourth one of them were the 11th so i think it's property tax we're like the the fourth highest property tax state in the entire country and i'm like the fuck are the Republicans doing over there? I don't know, man. I'm from Jersey. I spent 12 years from Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Property taxes are nothing in the state of Iowa compared to New Jersey. There's high. Property I tax, really? About, oh, yeah. New Jersey is insane. Well, Illinois is the highest in the country. That doesn't surprise yeah. me. And I know I was support the criminal system somehow. <laughs> you got to funnel money. You got to funnel, funnel money into Chicago somehow. You right. know what I mean? Because uh, they sure as hell are not using it for education. Oh fuck no! They, they, they're not using it for anything. I I gotta think the politicians in in Chicago are just like taking the money from the state and putting I it mean, in their pockets. Have you seen Lori Lightfoot? Beetle. I like to call her Beetlejuice. Yeah. She looks like Beetlejuice. She looks like if Beetlejuice and Beetlejuice had a and baby. Be- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know do you know the two Beetlejuices I'm talking about? No. So Beetlejuice from the movie? Beetlejuice? Okay. And then Beetlejuice, the little small black man that was on the Howard Stern show all the time with the big bug eyes. Do you not remember him? Okay. So it, it literally looks like if Beetlejuice and Beetlejuice had a baby, they would make Lori Lightfoot. It really is yeah. hilarious to me. I don't know. She's terrible. I hate her with passion. But she's not the worst mayor. There's other ones that are just as bad. Yeah, the San Francisco mayor is probably the worst. The past, the past San Francisco mayor before, way before him, her mm. was Gavin Newsom. <laughs> and let me tell you something: San Francisco, when I was a kid, was a beautiful fucking city. It was mm. awesome. It was clean. Everyone would go there. They had like the X Games came there every year. They had Vans Warp Tour. They had all these great parades and fun stuff. And it was clean. They cleaned the streets. There wasn't shit everywhere. You know, San Francisco's always had a homeless problem. No, no doubt. But they've, you know, pretty much relegated the homeless uh, encampments to like certain parts of the city. And, and it was like, there was like one pier where a lot of them would stay and everyone knew that that's where the homeless people were. And you know, <laughs> they'd come out and they'd, they'd be like buskers. They do like funny shit on the, on the, the wharf and you know, you'd give them a couple bucks and they, they'd paint themselves gold and they Bushman was a homeless guy. Like all these, they were cool. Like you knew who they were, you know? And then Gavin Newsom became Eric of, of San Francisco. And he just fucking destroyed, destroyed that city. To, to almost rubble. I mean, there's shit everywhere. There's heroin needles everywhere. He, you know, he he made it unlivable. He kept raising like the city tax. You know what I mean? Like he really he did what Seattle did. We're gonna institute a higher a higher income tax here in the city. He was the first one to do it. Yeah, it's insane. Just but- absolutely ruined that city. And in California, you fail upwards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Look at every look. The the, the governor before Gavin Newsom was Jerry Brown. Okay, and Jerry Brown was really nice guy. They called him Moonbeam. He was like a hippie, Governor Moonbeam. Uh, And for all of his faults, he walked out of office with like an eighty-four million dollar surplus. Okay, not bad for a California governor. Yeah, but the guy literally had to resign as governor in the eighties because he was so fucking terrible, and they voted him back. (laughs) In, in the 2000s, I could not believe it. And then Gavin Newsom destroyed his city. What'd they do? They made him the governor of the whole state so he could do the same shit to the whole state. Mm-hmm. And the guy walked into office, literally walked into office going, we got to start taxing water. 
That was like his first thing he said in office. We got to start taxing water. We found 75,000 Californians that don't have access to clean water. So we're going to start taxing water. He, now, rem, rem, remember. That makes no sense. Well, and remember he walked in with an $86 million surplus that was gone in two weeks. Jeez. Literally fucking gone. $86 million. Gone in two weeks. Then he wants to start taxing water. Then he said, "I mean, it was it, it, you know the gas taxes and it all went mm -hmm. up and everything went up because of, because of Gavin Gavin Newsom, Governor Gavin Newsom. I like to call him. I fucking hate that guy. I want to fight him in a yeah. charity fight, real bad. I have a friend that is a small business owner out in California, and he paid ninety thousand dollars in taxes last year. Yeah, that's that's normal for people. That's insane." California is fucking unlivable. Like, leave California at all, <laughs> at all costs. Yeah, my brother just moved to California. Why? I I'm sorry. Is he, I I'm hope sorry he's. Uh, I hope he's like a CEO of a big company or something. He went from New York to California, oh. and I don't understand that. Yeah. I do want to make uh, all of my Iowa friends understand, though. You do not have to worry about my people uh, fleeing California in mass to come to Iowa because it's way too fucking cold. <laughs> <laughs> They're all going to Texas. Sorry, Dallas. Sorry, Austin. Sorry, Houston. Yeah. You guys got to deal with all the Californians. I, I may be the only Californian in Iowa. I might be the only one. I know a couple. I, I actually had family that was living out in California for my entire life, and they moved to Iowa recently. It's poor bastards. I mean, to be fair, like one of them grew up in Iowa, so they're returning home. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just seeing. I don't think we've dropped any more frames for the rest of the show. I think we fixed our frame dropping issue. Yep, less than less than one percent of frames are being dropped now, so we're doing really good. I'm excited. So you're the chair of the Libertarian Party of Iowa, mm -hmm. and uh, I. It's well known that I might have been a member at one point, maybe still am, of the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus. In oh, fact, I might have been the first real member to actually pay dues to the caucus. One of the first. Uh, I was also around when it was like 55 people in a Facebook group, and that was it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, I like to say that I was around since the ground level. Um, and uh, I recently attended the Libertarian Party of Iowa's state convention right before the national convention where we picked delegates and new board members and all that stuff. And the entire board that was elected was basically Mises Caucus, except for like two people and you. Correct? Right. There's three of us. There's three. Holdouts. Did Josh Herbert get elected? He is an alternate. He's an alternate. I like Josh. He's a nice guy. I know he's not a huge fan of the Mises Caucus, but I've, I've liked Josh for some time. Cause I like odd people, and Josh is just a fucking odd dude, and I really like that. It makes me happy. Odd people are my people, you know. Right. Um, Explains but, why I'm sitting here. Yeah, yeah. No, I, <laughs> dude, I, he, this guy helped me move, and I'm like, dude, he's going to be on my fucking You know what? I'm going to make that guy the fucking co-host. I love him to death. That's my, that's my Ian, dude. That's, that's the one. You are, dude. You're perfect for it. You, got the, you have the demeanor. You keep me grounded. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I'll just go the fuck off. Just, just don't propose to him on the show. I won't. Wait, wait, I do love him, though. Look at, I mean, yeah, look at this man. I'm married. Look at this man. Look at I'm the taking. hair. Look at that shit. It's luscious, dude. I love it. No, but I'm serious. I, I, I am drawn to odd people. I'm an odd person. I'm from San Francisco Bay Area, and then I moved to Portland for seven years. I, I like odd people. I like being around odd people. I don't like being around odd people that think they need to push their politics on me and control me through politicians. But, you know, people that aren't trying to do that to me that are odd, I enjoy being around those kind of people. So, um, uh, Josh is cool. But anyways, I'm getting sidetracked here. 
So back to Mises Caucus. Back to the Mises Caucus mm-hmm. and the Libertarian Party of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, we so so I will say we basically could have done whatever we wanted to at the LP Iowa convention. I think we had the numbers there, um, and. So, so there's a lot of Mises Caucus guys on the state board. And there's a lot of states out there that are like, oh, fuck the Mises Caucus. We have to disaffiliate now. We have to disband. And New nobody Mexico. wants to do any work. And this and that and this and that. I mean, has, has, the, has working with the caucus, not being a caucus member yourself, has it been terrible? Have you had a lot of issues with it? To this day, I don't understand why people don't like Mises Caucus. I just don't get it. And I don't know, maybe there are mm-hmm. issues all over the country. Our board are amazing, hardworking, dedicated people who just want to spread the word of liberty and are doing that. Um, we have a really, really good team. And, you know, as an example, like, we live what we preach. So one of our own was in a bad accident about a month ago, Jacob. Yep. Um, My very good friend, Jacob, who I love right, to death. Yeah. Really, really nice guy. But we get a message that he is in a hospital. He's in a surgery two hours away. Um, his wife um, was unable to drive at the time. Um, within an hour, somebody was driving his wife there. Uh, we delivered groceries to him. We started a fundraiser and raised over $2,000. Right. Uh, somebody delivered a phone to him because the phone was crushed in an accident. We live what we preach. And the teamwork was remarkable. Everybody pitched in. Everybody did what they needed to do. Um, And that's how we function as far as the party is concerned. Um, Everybody is doing what they're doing. Everybody backs each other up. Ben held. I could not have asked for a better partner. He is a great co-chair. If I am unavailable, he steps in. If he's unavailable, I step in. There are times when we get sidetracked at the at the meetings, and Ben is the one who is like, "Okay, we're going back to the point," and he is great in redirecting people to the agenda so that we can wrap up the meeting. I like Ben. Ben's a great guy. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, and every single person on that committee has a job, is doing their job. You know, somebody told me once about one of the members that he's the most important member of the committee. No, there is no such thing. Um, every single one on the members of that committee is important okay but can we not let's good. not let's not wade into nick sarwar territory and be like i'm the least important person in the libertarian party i hated when he said that shit when he was the chair of the national committee and we were in a we were in a debate in 2018 for the because i ran for chair in 2018 and nick just mopped the floor with me in the debate because i had never been in a live debate before it, but he kept saying, I, as the least important person in the Libertarian Party, I'm like, dude, you got to stop that. You're the chair of the National Committee. You're definitely not the least important person in the entire party. But I do understand what you're saying. It's a, it's right. a teamwork thing. And it is. And, and the way everyone came together to help Jacob was, was absolutely beautiful. And, and we had just moved and had a baby. So it wasn't a lot we can do, but we really tried to, you know, we reached out to more people and we, we got the church right. involved and stuff like that. Cause we all go to the same church. Jacob goes to our church oh, too. Okay. So, um, and, uh, and I'm, I'm happy to hear that he's healing up. I've talked to him just a brief, a little bit since, and right. sounds like he's healing up, but he's not, he's not happy about it. Unfortunately, poor guy. Yeah, I think <laughs> Jacob's in the chat right now. Oh, he, Oh, oh he is. There Hi, he Jacob. is. 
I love that guy. All He's right. a really nice guy. When I was going through tough times, Jacob was there for me. He was the only one in Iowa that was there for me. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, back to the Mises caucus. Everybody says they're bigots. They don't want to do anything. They're just power hungry people. Maybe elsewhere in Iowa, that's not the case. Right. And I really enjoy working with people that we have. Mises caucus doesn't come up very often because why? We have right. other things to do. Right. Yeah. And, and we talked about that on the show, on the last show, that the party at large, the Libertarian Party, always knew what caucuses were for until the Mises caucus came around. They're like, why do you need to organize? Why do you have to organize around common goals? That doesn't make any sense. And it's like, dude, that's what caucuses are for. Do you hate modern wrestling? Wish you could go back to the sex and violence of the 90s? You're not alone. Eric and Tom are going back to 1993 to watch ECW from the beginning to its end. So come get extreme. Just search for Extreme Timeline on any podcast app and come get extreme. But once they get what they were trying to do, they get to work. And that's what they're doing here in Iowa. I think there's really great. Um, Clyde's awesome. These are all great people. The, the, ones that, right. the ones that I've met here in Iowa are really, really cool people, man. But I've met them all over the country and they're, they've been cool. There's one or two shitheads everywhere you go. <laughs> but, you know, when the whole fiasco was uncovered with Mike Connor in October of last right. year, right, I was the one who went to the meeting. It was an in-person meeting, and I've been a legal counsel for the party for many years, and right. I said, okay, we need to do this, 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 and this. And at, it was at that meeting that Nathan came for the first time. It was amazing, and, by the way. I love right, Nathan to death. right. And said, I want to, I'd like to be the, the the treasurer. He got elected and he as a treasurer helped me clean this shit up. Yeah. And it was fantastic. Uh, we He did one spreadsheet, I did another. When I submitted the spreadsheet to the police department, I, I could have submitted his as mine because right. they were really in line. He, he stepped up and did the work. Interestingly, when he became the treasurer the, the first time in October, I get a phone call from a fairly prominent libertarian in Iowa uh, with, oh my God, I heard that he became the treasurer. Do you know that he is a member of the Mises Caucus? <laughs> and, How dare he? And my response was, no, I do know that he came to that meeting. He drove two hours away from his family to come to that meeting to step up, and he's helping me do the work right. that I alone cannot possibly do. And he's done a tremendous amount of work in cleaning it up, probably a lot more than I did. I did a lot more communicate. Once he took over cleaning it up, I took over the communication with the police and the authorities. I don't care that he's Mises Caucus. I also want to be clear that Nathan is a, a stock and prey hunter. Uh, so maybe don't talk shit about the guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he's an absolute... That guy, I had a really cool uh, conversation with him about hunting. And the guy's a literally stock and prey hunter. Like, he chases 
his prey and tracks them like through the hills and he's wild man i take back every last thing i said about nathan now i'm really concerned for my safety no no i'm just saying i don't know who that prominent libertarian is but i would shut no I, i'm you know i i know there was a when they were doing the 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 county um conventions to pick people for the for the state mm-hmm. convention here a friend of mine was at a one of the conventions i think it was the cedar rapids area i don't remember what county that is Marion or something. Maybe. Anyways, uh, and somebody's like, somebody's like, oh, you guys brought Joshua Smith to our fucking state. What a piece of shit and this and that. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, really? You hate me that? You don't even, this person has never met me in person. Mm-hmm. Never sat down with me. Never asked me what my ideas are. Doesn't know my family life. You know what I mean? That's and why he can hate you. And he's calling me all these names and calling me this piece of shit and a deadbeat dad. Do I look like a deadbeat dad to you? Any guest who comes on my show in person gets to meet my kids, by the way, and uh, and see our fi- family dynamic. It's a pretty happy family. I think I do pretty good as a dad. I, I do. Think so. I think I do all right. It's hard. My husband is better, but you well, sure. And you're close. <laughs> you're <second>. contractually <laughs> obligated to say that, and I understand. And you know, but. I, you know, I think I do a pretty good job, and, and, and it's just so funny to me to see these people who've never met me talk this kind of shit about me in, in public to other people. It's like, who the fuck, who are you? You don't know me. You don't know anything about me. You know my online presence. You know my Twitter shit posting. Yeah, I talk a lot of shit on Twitter. Yeah, I said the 19th Amendment should be abolished right before I said the entire Bill of Rights <laughs> should be abolished. I don't give a shit. I said that. I meant it, too. I'm a, you know, I'm an anarchist at heart, and I think that the Constitution has, like I've said on the show a million times, it hasn't guarded or protected our rights. It's given the government the opportunity to say this piece of paper is why we're allowed to govern you. So I don't think it's been a good, a good thing next positive for us as a, as a species. I also hate democracy. I've said all this stuff very publicly. Very publicly. If you want to know my ideas on other things, ask me. You don't need to go around talking shit at precinct meetings about me. You know what I mean? You guys don't call them precincts here. You don't call them that. I think so. Anyways. But that's the brave thing to do. Yeah, the brave thing is to wait till I'm not there and talk shit right. to a bunch mm-hmm. of other people that don't know right. me. That's Behind the brave thing. Right. Yeah. It's the, it would be cowardly to I have two, face you. I have two very, very vocal hecklers and haters that live in Iowa that are outside of this other person I was talking about. I mean, one of them's so bad that I, I finally ended up blocking him because he started getting into like terrible shit about my kids. And, um, and uh, he lives 45 minutes away from here. And I've invited him. You know, come on over, dude. Anytime. I'm right here. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, that's what I thought, dude. You'd rather sit here on Twitter and try and get some clout by dragging my name and my children and my family through the mud because you're a piece of shit. And that's what pieces of shits do. You know what I mean? But anyways, so let's talk. <laughs> we're getting, we're getting, we're actually over time on this thing. But um, so you're the chair of the Libertarian Party of Iowa. We got elections coming up. We got some big, higher profile elections in Iowa too. The Rick Stewart was just on the show a couple weeks. What was last week? Yeah, last, last Monday, right? Yeah. yeah, Rick Stewart came on the show. He gave a great, great interview, great show. I don't agree with some of his stuff. I don't agree with the, you know, some of the people that he worked with LPI in specifically. You know, I'm not a fan of LPI. Also, something I've been very publicly yeah, critical you've been, of. You've been uh, extremely vocal about that. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the LPI. I think that, and to say LPI is the Libertarian Policy Institute, which was founded by Nicholas Sarwark and funded by Bill Weld. Um, and now there's other people that are involved as well. That's funded by Bill Weld. From what I, I understand, the first check cut to the Libertarian Policy Institute was from Bill Weld, yes. Okay. Don't quote me on that, but that's what I was told. Um, and also Wedge Squared, which is Nick Sarwark's consulting firm, uh, is, is 
Nick's running a campaign for county uh, something in New Hampshire and paying Wedge Squared for consulting Wait. fees. <laughs> and it's his own fucking consulting firm. Wait, huh? Nick's in New Hampshire? Yeah, he moved to New Hampshire yeah, two years a while ago. ago. Yeah. And then oh. he got like basically excommunicated entirely. I, from, yeah, I would have you know. expected the New Hampshire libertarians to just like shit on his lawn constantly. They, they probably do. Honestly, they they won't let him come to like free state events and shit like that anymore. Yeah. Okay. He didn't go to Pork Fest. I was at Pork Fest. He wasn't there either. I was hoping he was because I was going to try to get set up a new debate because I lost to Nicholas Sarwark in a debate in 2018 because I had no idea how to debate. I'd never been in a live debate. Now that it's 2022 and I've been in lots of debates, I debated Larkin Rose for three hours. For God's sakes. Um, I would like that opportunity to re-debate Nick and show him that I'm now a better debater than he is. But I don't know that I, I don't know that I'll ever get that opportunity. I thought I, I was, I was, thought I was going to it at Portfest, but I didn't. Anyways, Jules. So what's uh, what's next for the Libertarian Party of Iowa? What's going on? What do you guys got? What do you got going on? Uh, who? What races are you excited about? Clyde Gibson. Um, very excited about that. He only has one opponent, and he lives right on the eminent domain, um, the pipeline issue. Um, I was helping him campaign a few weeks ago, and it was really great experience. It was probably the most productive campaign event I've been at. It was a Latino festival, um, and everybody knows either Clyde or his wife, either from the church or somewhere sure. else. Um, he's one of those candidates. We had a Zoom call on Monday night, and Ben and I helped him set up the, um, walked him through how to set up the campaign and ethics board, and how to set up the the bank account, the EIN number, whatever. And one of the things we said, okay, so you need literature, um, hopefully for the Saturday event. If you can't order it on time, give us the information. We'll print it out and bring it and whatever. Um, you need this, this, and this for the for that event. Um, he had it all. He ordered the literature and it arrived on time before his Saturday wow. event as of Monday. Um, so I'm hoping he's knocking on doors. I know that there are a lot of people in his district that are very excited about him running, and I'm really looking forward to the results nice. of that campaign. I'm also a big fan of Clyde. So. Right, nice really, guy. really nice Amazing guy. guy yeah. um, um, and really has a good opportunity. Janie Kaydell is another candidate. I used to help her on her campaign, and then I became the chair, and there's kind of sure. a conflict. Uh, but I really was... And I'm still impressed with how hard she has been working since May of last year in getting her campaign going and knocking on doors and distributing signs. She was a tremendous asset during the state fair. She was at the fair every single morning at 7 o'clock in the morning making sure that all of the supplies are refilled, organized this and that, came to my office, picked stuff up. It was really, really, I'm very, very grateful that we I've, have her. I've got my own bone to pick with Jenny, but, but we, we don't and have you know, to get too into that. We, don't, we, don't, we may not agree on, on sure. all the things with her, but she is running a valid campaign yeah. where she knocks on And doors. I agree. And I think, I think in her district, she's, she's done really great work. And, and right. I was a big fan prior to the petition that got signed basically calling me a, a racist. But other than that, 
I thought she was doing really, really well. Was that the one we put a bunch of fake names in for? Yes. No, 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 no. That's the one to remove me from the LNC. That's a different. There's people like to start petitions about me. It's it's fun for them. And I intentionally stay away from that drama. I I don't Mm -hmm. have any energy for that. But she's running a valid campaign, and I'm really impressed with that. I'm really excited about how. uh, I'm really excited to see the results of that. Obviously, Rick. um, We. We're really hoping that he made enough noise and enough. Two percent will give us ballot 2%. access, right? Two percent will give us major party stats. Major party stats, what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Right. Which is ballot huge. Ballot access, right? It is huge. Yeah. It's it's a big deal. It will open up a lot more doors. For example, right now he's not able to be on the debate because one of the debate criteria is that you have to be a major party candidate. If you are not, if you don't have two percent, you are not a major party candidate. So you automatically lose that that criteria right Right. the other and there's you have to meet five out of six criteria um so you automatically lose that one um and then you have to i mean there's a whole bunch of crap but this is an important one sure um so those are the three that i can think of the top of my head i'm really looking forward to um this election season to and successfully i'm a little tired but i'm really excited well the other one is tom lane we don't talk unfortunately about him very often but he is the green county attorney he's running for re-election um i have no doubt that he's gonna get re-elected and tom is just a fascinating guy if you ever have an opportunity to talk to him or debate him on policy i think you should he's a great great guy very very good public speaker he's a lawyer by training has phd in i believe political science um so his campaign is i'm not worried about at all because i'm confident he's going to sure. get reelected nice but then next year we have local elections right. and if you guys are interested for running for local office please let me know i would very much appreciate you spreading as much word as you can bringing it up on the show i'd probably i'd probably be down to run for school board i you know so last year <laughs> last year they had gotten rid of the mass mandate in schools mm-hmm. and and you know we told our kids that were in the public school fight that shit Take it mm-hmm. off every chance you get. Don't let them make you keep that mask on, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, they dropped the mask mandate. So we were like one of the only families in the neighborhood. Still, st- We were sending our kids, no mask, no mask, no mask. Well, then we get an email from Urbandale School District. We're reinstuti- reinstituting the mask mandate, right? I was like, you know what? Fuck this. And so I was like, I'm going to go down and I'm going to run for school board, right? Because I kind of... I'm kind of like the Kool-Aid man sometimes. I, when I get mad about shit or when I'm upset <laughs> about something, I'll just run through the wall and do the thing, you know? In fact, uh, another funny story is when I, after I had moved to Iowa and uh, I heard about the drama that was going on with Mike Connor and, the, and the, the money that got stolen and stuff like this, I went to the Mises Caucus here. I hopped in their Discord chat. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll run for chairman. And they're like, well, dude, calm down. We got somebody already. I was like, oh, all right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so I was like, I'm going to run for school board. Fuck it. I'm going to go right now and and sign up and file right now. So I look. um, They literally instituted the mask mandate the day after the filing deadline for school board. Wow. The day after. It's funny. So uh, I have have relatives in Urbandale that uh, their kids attend Urbandale School District and they actually homeschooled while the mask mandate wasn't in place. 
and <laughs> they refused to send their children back to school because until the mask us. mandate got put oh back my in place. God, people are such pussies. But imagine how fantastic our schools would be if our school boards were all libertarian. Right. Right. Yeah. We're not gonna waste money on. Um, locker rooms we are going to make sure that the money goes to education so when my husband ran for school board a few years ago they had a forum of all six candidates and the question was what is your number one priority in you know if if you get elected he is the only one who answered the question with education out of six people (laughs) I'm not, I'm not at all shocked about that. Everybody else was mental health, important issue. Not a number one diversity on school board. You are not running for a mental health facility sure. board, right? Diversity. How are you going to increase diversity in public school, right? Yeah. And so I, him and I joke that he should have answered climate change and then he would have won. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking seriously. Honestly, if you times the amount probably. of racism by the time of misogyny, how much, how much climate change do you get? Well, <laughs> did, well, I think you know, we talked about the... Education was clearly a wrong answer. Right. Did we talk about the Dilbert comics that... Um, I can't got that shit. Dilbert got removed from 77 newspapers. Got, he got canceled, dude. They canceled fucking Dilbert. Listen, yeah. if they can cancel Dilbert, they can cancel anybody. Uh, we're at the end of this thing. We did get a $2 super chat from Outlawed Thoughts. Thank you, Leighton, man. He said, how did Ian get back from Florida so fast? I use, Well, actually, I'm still in Florida as well. Uh, I used my graphene clone jutsu. And so that would be two a great person for a school board, right? Yeah, yeah, he'd be a good one for school board. But yeah, it, I would appreciate help recruiting yeah. people for school boards, city council, mayors, sure. county boards, hospital boards. I That's agree. my focus for next year. Well, Jules, uh, we're at the end of this thing. I really appreciate you. We will be doing a members-only stream, and I think we can talk more candidly there about the sure. Libertarian Party of Iowa, and I want to talk some about the drama that happened before you guys took it over and how you've changed it and stuff like that in the members-only members chat. Uh, that's where only paying members can see the show. So, um, but before we go, uh, we you know where can people find you, support you, see you again, all that stuff. Um, my email address is jules at lpia.org. Um, you can find me on lpia.org website. You can find me on my business website if for whatever reason you can't get through. Um, my information is readily available all over the internet. My businesses, Iowa Defenders, um, look me up. If you look up my name, it usually comes up as a lawyer. Sure. Um, I did try to Google myself the other day, and for whatever reason, it doesn't come up. And the LPIA search doesn't, doesn't hit. But if I am on the website, so. Okay. All right. Mr. Ryan Kurt, you got anything before we take off, buddy? Uh, not really. Like you can follow me on Twitter at Bulldog Gamer Twenty Eight. Yeah, give uh, this man some love, dude. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, I've almost doubled my uh, follower count since, since not being and on anymore. What is it? I'll do well, it right now. Bulldog Gamer Twenty Eight. Yeah, we need to get you some more love on Twitter, dude. I I need some more love on Twitter too. To be honest with you, I uh. <laughs> I had 20,000 followers on Twitter, mm-hmm. and the show, like, every night was getting tons of viewers, and then they took my whole, like, social media presence from me, and I couldn't mm-hmm. announce, 
like when the shows were going live and shit, the show just tanked. Now we're going back the right way, but yeah, it was pretty rough. Uh, I do appreciate you guys coming on. In fact, uh, we have another show coming up. Let's see, Jules was today. Uh, so next show is on Monday. Um, governor for Rhode Island, or a candidate for governor of Rhode Island, my good friend Elijah Gizarelli will be on. He's really, really fucking hilarious, dude. Super down to earth, really nice guy. Uh, Rhode Island to the max, dude. Rhode Island accent, all of it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I love the guy to death. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's coming up. And then AJ Fisher will be in the studio the following Thursday. Nice. Uh, from the Redacted Caucus. He's a big boog boy, basically. He's a boog. Um, so that'll be fun. He's wild and crazy. And he's from my county as well. Really cool guy. I love him to death. So I'm excited to have him in the studio. Uh, Check out the sponsors before we take off. Guys, I really appreciate you hanging out. Check out some sponsors. TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend. My good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this great custom Break the Cycle. This is literally the logo, hand-stitched logo in a premium shirt. You can get this on TopLobster.com by using BTC at checkout, and you'll get a 10% discount if you do so. But you can also join with Patreon, subscribe, star, become a member of this YouTube channel by hitting join under all of my videos. Um, and get into a private Discord server with really cool people, including Ryan Kurt, who's much cooler and much better haired than me. Uh, and I, I, I don't know about the cooler part, but the hair, yeah. <laughs> and you can and you can get in that Discord server with all kinds of really cool people and get mm-hmm. all of Top Lops's new gear up to two weeks before it goes to a general public at like a thirty percent discount. Really cool stuff. Um, and also, if you're doing five to ten bucks a month on the Patreon or the Subscribe Star, you get all the extra content. Um, but you also, if you're buying Top Lobster gear, you're really saving enough money on Top Lobster gear that you're supporting us both for free. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what that's what's happening by the end of that. So check it out if you can. Help us uh, help out the the starving ar- artist Top Lobster, and of course, uh, help break the cycle. Feed uh, seventy thousand children. We got a new adopted kid coming soon too. So. Uh, we appreciate you. And of course, executive producer of the show, anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Their services are helping organizations solve unsolvable problems in the technolo- technology and HR arenas. They serve their clients in New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, Illinois, Ohio, Indiana, and their client list is growing. They also, they also will help out any business around the country that they that needs help uh their team leads by example anthem consultants have led their own organizations through demanding periods of change now they help clients succeed in the face of technology and personnel challenges really great stuff definitely check them out if you get a chance and of course our new executive producers of the show colwell creative content uh they specialize in seo to help your site rank well on google or other search engines Website design, optimized website content writing, optimized blog post, copywriting, social media content management, newsletter writing and design, ghost writing and editing services, resume and cover letter writing, and they work with all kinds of clients, including real estate agents, addiction treatment, mental health, healthcare, banking and payment processing, not the Federal Reserve. No, I'm going to say not it the time, Federal Reserve. It makes me happy. And I, I assume they wouldn't work with the new CIA podcast either. No, I don't think they're going to work with the CIA podcast either. Uh, they've worked with just about every industry, even libertarian political candidates and influencers such as Larry Sharp. So if you're running for office, hit them up. Let them help you get in front of your target audience. They've been in business since 2012 and have worked with hundreds and hundreds of clients. So good people. Check them out if you can. Uh, now you guys are all going to go back to Tim Pool, but you could become a member of the channel and check out uh, Jules and I's members only chat for a couple minutes. It's probably 10 to 30 minutes tops. Uh, I will see you guys on 
Thursday? No, Monday. Today is Thursday. Today is Thursday. I will see you guys on Monday uh, for the show with my good friend Elijah Gizrelli. He's going to be on virtually. Um, but it, but okay. I think now we figured out our streaming issues. We should be okay. Yeah, we've started to figure them. We've out. started to figure them out. We'll figure out what platform is causing it, and we'll stream to the other platforms that will let us. Yes, I love you guys to death. I'll see you on Monday. Until then, don't forget to break the cycle. to explain the lyrics of my last song they seem to contend a violent call to action in the personal frame but i just spent it in minecraft the helicopter part was in reference to gta 5 and the things you do so when you finally commit i am not an excuse because i just spent it in minecraft what chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft You're nothing I mean, you know it The product is getting close to COVID Holy shit